Hi guys, welcome to this week's um, episode of the Babbling Heads podcast. We're joined by George Williams and Stephen Thompson of the Sovereign State of Good Hope. So just to kick it off, we're going to head into a video just to give you an outline of where this conversation is going to go today. Okay, um, I think uh, let's start with uh, introducing yourselves and um, the, the organization that you represent and let's take it from there. Good morning, people. Thank you very much for hosting us today. Cool. Uh, my name is George Williams. I'm the executive officer for the Sovereign State of Good Hope. Thank you very much. Hi, good morning, guys. Thank you for your hospitality, for hosting us. No my pleasure. name is Stephen Thompson. I'm the National Liaison Officer for the first indigenous nation of the sovereign state of Gudup. Okay. So, um, as per the video now, we've seen basically how we as a colored people, as indigenous um, inhabitants of the Western Cape and the majority of South Africa, basically, um, have been systematically robbed of our heritage, our rights, our claim to land and ownership. What is the what is the aim of the sovereign state of Good Hope? What you guys aim to achieve? Okay, on the twenty fourth of September, twenty seventeen, mm. the Koi King Galvin Cornelius the Third seceded the Western Cape, mm. Northern Cape, and part of the Eastern Cape up to the Fisher River, yeah, to form a new country called Good Hope under God. Mm. On the 18th of March, 
2018, the documentation, the declaration for secession mm. was handed in at the United Nations by Calvin Cornelius and he was accompanied by a South African currently living in Texas, mm. uh, Karen Smith, and she accompanied him to the United Nations. The reception wasn't too warm mm. because um, the United Nations um, was adamant that they, only will, they will only deal with the attaché mm. of the South African government. And Calvin was adamant and said, but he's not of the South African government. Yeah. He was of the sovereign state of Good Hope. And unfortunately, um, the sovereign state of Good Hope is by and large unf- you know, unfamiliar mm. to a large proportion of the colored community yeah. out there. And it is, we endeavored and labored to that end up till now to introduce and to bring awareness yeah. to all colors everywhere um, as to the sovereign state of Good Hope and its mission and its vision. Now, its vision is to have a state completely built on the ideal of self-determination. Meaning, in the truest sense of the word, the people need to decide how they want to be governed. They have to have a say in policy formulation, in in decision-making, and keep those that are in power Mm. uh, responsible, and those leaders are accountable to the people. Yeah. Which is currently not the sta- not the case, you know. We we very proud to say that you know South Africa is a democratic country, but it's not democracy. It's a mockery of democracy mm. because the people have no real say in, in terms of mm. the coloured people. We are completely ostracized, yeah. completely economically, um, in every way. We are ostracized. Broad-based black economic empowerment and, and employment equity. These were policies that were promulgated by government mm. to disenfranchise. Can I just, can I just, uh, just uh, interrupt you there? What would you say to somebody that says, but in a democracy, the majority rules, right? So your vote is actually when you say, when you have to say. So why, why, why? Not be happy with, with with things the way they are because I'm a creole devoted. Why would you Why would you go that way instead of what we have now? But that's by that's basically. That's what. No, they cannot say this. That's right. You are right, but you must understand one thing, right? Uh, in the sovereign state of Good Hope, mm. it is our <coughs> view, and Calvin was very adamant about this initially because. Somebody very wise once said, it is the educated, those in power that have their degrees yeah. and their accolades, they are the people that actually messed up this country. Mm. You know? So in the sovereign state of Good Hope, there will be no political parties, none whatsoever. The people that will be in government is already, we already have a council in place and those councils will function. We call them currently, we call them councillors. But when we will move over into power, they will become de facto ministers of cabinet. Okay. We have a national house of assembly already. Mm. All right? But what's new to this is there will be a protocol officer. Uh, a protocol office mm. who is managed by the, protocol, the national protocol officer. 
So the people will give their input into governance. In other words, for example, if George should be Mm. placed in power, he will become the prime minister or the president. Mm. But, you know, realistically, each president needs at least two terms to uh, implement his plan of of improvement, or or economic uh, um, improvement. If it is then becomes evident that during the latter part of his second term that he is not up to master, he is removed. He is removed. That is accountability. The people then have their voice, you know. They say, you know, but this is what we want. And the president needs to act according to the will of the people. Because currently... We have a president, Cyril Ramaphosa, but mm. you guys, you know that he's also the president of the National Executive Committee of the ANC. Yeah. And he's also the president of the country. So where does his loyalties and allegiance lie? Mm. So he must implement what the National Executive Committee mandates him, which is not necessarily to the benefit of every South African. Yeah. You see? So his, his, his loyalties are split. And it is not the people that places him in power. It's the ANC national executive that places him in power. So he receives their mandate and governance from him. I mean, we had a, 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 a good example now with this mm. lockdown. Um, when he declared that he's going to lift the ban on the sale of alcohol and cigarettes. Mm. And then Nkosazana Damini Zuma came and she reneged on that. Mm, yeah. And she decided, so since when does a minister override the executive member Mm. Of of the National House of Assembly. Can I just ask, uh, just uh, state this, man? Um, doing now research to for 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 this discussion today. Mm. Yes, what of course must know the the independence. Yes, uh, I remember about when it happened that that when when that uh, what was 17, 2017? 2017. 2017. Uh, my neighbors mm. at the WhatsApp groups said, "Dang man, in baie, wat opgekom het, uh, amongs us is dat kan die as die front vir 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 die Afrikaner uh, uh, um, okay. the poli- uh, politics wat also also like um, have the same have the same thing in terms idea. of seceding the Western Cape from the so rest of the country die die criticism wat 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 also die groep geheer het mm. um, was basically that this, this is Afrikaner uh, um, idea but what it colored means as it sucks so how do you respond to that though no i want to state emphatically mm. this has got nothing to do with the white minority yeah in fact we have uh, among the white uh, minority we have supporters yeah. and a growing base of supporters mm. but i think george will agree at, uh, at, on this point that we have made it abundantly clear that this is this will be spearheaded by the first indigenous nation mm. in other words never again never again will a white man sit in power to decide the future and mm. the well-being and the fate <coughs> of the first indigenous nation in perpetuity it will always be the leader of this country will be a colored now what's currently happening is mm. remember sovereign state of good is is solely based on self-determination. That is the foundation on which the country will be yeah. built. And how will we achieve this? South Africa is, on this planet, is the most wealthiest piece of real estate on the planet. And every country mm. out there knows it. 
That's why I, I said to him on the way, China is not a military giant. They are economical giant. They yeah. are titan economically because right across this globe, China mm. is buying resources. Exactly. The military giants are Russia and the Americans mm. because they spend a considerable percentage of their gross domestic yeah. income on upgrading the military prowess. Yeah. So that is not China's intention. Because China is one of the countries with the largest population group on the planet. They have mm. you know, approximately over a billion people. Mm. Mm. Now, we want to prevent here what is happening in America and all across. In America, you have what they call Chinatown. I mean, it's a whole region and section that just, you know, that's occupied by China and it's a mini China. Mm. What's happening here is that China has now bought into um, this country uh, its, its resources and most of the South Africans out there is unaware of what the president, the government is doing at selling the country piecemeal yeah. to a foreign entity. I mean... In, yeah, we've in seen it happening all across Africa. Where exactly. They yeah. basically make, give you so much money that you can never repay it. And then in turn, you start giving, succeeding your airports or harbors, exactly. etc. Exactly. exactly. They own a lot of these African states already. Yeah. Lesotho is becoming more Chinese than it was. It's a homeland. Sovereign state of Goodop is exclusively and entirely for the first indigenous nation, so-called Khalids. Mm. Because what I can tell you, most Khalids out there do not know who they are. They are very proud to, to claim the identity of Khalid. Mm. But Khalid is not an identity, it's a yeah. classification. A construct, yeah. It's a yeah. classification of a nation, it's not an identity of a nation. And this is the mindset we need to change. We need to educate these people and organizations like you mm. would aid greatly in achieving this goal because our communities, particularly among the poorer communities, mm. we speak about communities like Mitchell's Manneberg, Delft, Bonteville, Bishop Levis, Altus River, where gangsterism is a real mm. scourge. And yeah. all within our communities, we outcry and, 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 and rise up in protest against gangsterism, but we do not go to the root causes. Yeah. Because these are young men that, you know, they finished with school or they mm. couldn't go to school anymore, complete their education, but now have no other recourse. There's no jobs out there for mm. them. Because what the government is doing, they bring in their people from their homelands mm. into our territory. Because the Western Cape has been forever being the home of the coin nation. Yeah. Uh, uh, said that is exclusive. Man. Your, your, your ideology is exclusive. They cater um, it for one person. What, say no by, by, by some luck, it happens, what they've mm. learned, it happens. There's already people that, that live here that's not of... Uh, Colored, uh, mm. sent, whatever. Yeah. What what's going to happen to that people? Like, is, is the BT? Basically, what 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 what? But the government now do basically in okay. reverse. What, what Can I just yeah. come in there yeah. quickly? Yeah. Right, sovereign state of Goodop is not entirely for the first indigenous nation. Uh, we are uh, negotiating with the other minority groups, mm. um, and yes, in sovereign state of Goodop, they will be from all people. There will be black people, there will be white people, there will be uh, the Afrikaner and the Eurokaner. We are busy negotiating with the, at the moment. Remember, if you look at our history, 
Mm. Um, we, for all our lives, have been the working class um, in yeah. South Africa, where the white people is mainly the people that is, uh, they have the resources, they have the finances. Um, currently, they own most of the land. Yeah. Whether that land was bought legally, whether that land was stolen or uh, got hold of the land on any other way, they are mostly in possession of that land. We are busy negotiating with them as well. Um, a lot of them has now come to the party where mm. they realize for them to come over and have self-determination with us. Our route is largely the fastest way and also the legal way to go. Now we have the other parties out there, yeah. or the other groups that are claiming that they are the yeah. only route uh, by means of referendum, yeah. that they have to get so many people to vote for them and then they can apply for a referendum. Because of the UNDRIP report that was introduced by United Nations, mm. we as the First Nation have the direct route that we have the done secession purely based on First Nation, uh, nation status. Yeah. Therefore, we don't need a referendum. A lot of these people, and especially if you look at now what is currently happening in, in South Africa, farm murders mm. are increasing. Um, last week we had a situation, um, 26 farm attacks within 100 hours. That are, those people are looking at statistics like that. Mm. What is happening now is that farm attacks are moving, moving closer and closer to the Western Cape. Um, last week we had a situation in Verliersdorp where a farmer farmer was attacked and his eyes was taken out with, with a pliers. Now, this is no longer mm. taking over. I mean, if it's not like a hijacking where you hijack somebody and you take their vehicle and you're gone. Yeah. This is, we're talking about property. Mm. So they're not getting rid of the property. The property is going to remain there. So this is not based on trying to get the property away from the... This is purely aimed at the person itself because they are white. And the majority of them, or a lot of them, are now coming in. They've approached us. We are busy talking to them. And they will form part of our council. And this is the four, when in Sovereign State of Good Hope, we're talking about the Union of Nations. Mm. There are four nations. Um, the first indigenous nation, the Khoi, who are the Aboriginal. Yeah. Um, then you have the Afrikaner and you have the Eurokaner. Mm. Those are the four. And between the four of us, we will form one government to rule over everybody, but yet in your area, let's say, for instance, as let's use Stellenbosch, which is predominantly a white area. Mm. For me to go and put a first a indigenous person there as their mayor or their local um, minister in that area, mm. it's not going to work because communication gaps. But if you put one of their own people there who can negotiate with them or can see eye to eye with them, then things will work out much better for us. But, uh, who's going to do? Well, wouldn't that be a dictatorship? Because uh, what does economy vote for, Dana? You know what I'm saying? What, okay. what, w w wouldn't it be, be unfair towards me? Say, say, I'll ask you to say, yeah. but say, all three of us, economy, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be like uh, forced on us? Because the, the, the what, what democracies or liquor markets they, you have a say. Yes. Yeah. Whether you're saying or you have a count, but mm. on paper you have a say. You got your vote. Yeah. Why? Why would? Why would people agree to the, to this? That you know what I'm saying. I would say it's um, the principle of majority rules will still apply. It's mm. what the great. As I remember, I said self determination. Mm. 
the very idea of self-determination is that the people will have an input mm. into governance, through governance, through input, through uh, set protocols. Mm. Now, yes, you may not agree with a certain policy that will be implemented, mm. but you need to consider that the greater majority um, of a community uh, you know, was in favor of it. Mm. Um, the same with, like the example he used mm. in Stellenbosch. Yes, it might not work for to place a color there, but if the majority decides, mm. but we want a, a, a first indigenous nation, a mayor or, or minister for that area, the minority will have to comply with what the majority decision is. Mm. You refer to ta dictatorship. Dictatorship means that one person will make, will have all the power, mm. all the decision making and implement it by force. Mm. That is the very definition of a dictatorship. dictatorship. Yeah. That is not what the sovereign state of Gudub is. Sovereign state of Gudub <coughs> is for the people. You will see on the video at the end it said Sida Aroma, Sada Aroma, meaning for us, for everyone. Mm. For everyone. When George refers to the Union of Four Nations, remember this is the, the, the declaration of secession was handed into the United Nations like that. Yeah. Yes, the white minority are not indigenous. But come on, let us be realistic. Yeah. They, had, they had a very great influence on the development of the country. I mean, blacks never worked for any of these resources. Guys, remember post-1994, this country was handed over to the blacks. The last war that South Africa fought against Mkonto, Cuba, Russia, was in 1989, was the Angolan Bush War. And after, I think it was three or four years after this fact, um, when the ANC became unbanned, yeah. on the 21st of April 1993, uh, an agreement was signed between the whites, between the ANC, the Freedom Front, and the NP government mm. for self-determination for the whites. Again, the first indigenous nation were excluded. Nobody spoke to the colored people. Every one of them out there knows that this country belongs to the brown-skinned people. Mm. But that is the very reason why our identity is kept away from us, is stripped. Mm. Because, as I said, if you strip a nation of the identity, you strip that nation from all rights. Meaning you cannot own property. You cannot claim ownership of the land. They brought in the law of title deeds. You know, you need to provide a mm. document that says the land and the property belongs to you. They brought it in. It's a European concept. Yet our ancestors had a lodial titleship to the land because every nation that came to the Cape Colony mm. discovered the indigenous people here first. Mm. Now the new narrative of government is but you are black or you are considered black. But come on, realistically, if you go to any government department and sign a piece of paper or an application, what mm. does it say there? Mm. Colored. It says Asian, white, colored, Indian. Yeah. So where does this uh, consideration for black come in? So it just, uh, it's, the, it's called political pandering. Yeah. You know? mm. It's telling the people exactly what they want to hear. It's not. It's not the right. It's not the right Exactly. Yeah, I want to I tackle something in terms of you say you're including now the Eurocana, Africana, etc. Um, based on the fact that they control the majority of the resources and land, 
how are we going to address the issue of um I would say is it called compensation um or restitution restitution um because <coughs> realistically we are we've been dumped in the ghettos we've been taken out like in terms of group areas act mm-hmm. robbed of the properties etc and this has happened obviously centuries ago already but now where do we as so called colored people get the economic footing to further ourselves to be on that same level because at the end of the day Stellenbosch is worth billions mm. wine exports etc South Africa that's that's the reason you're saying this is the the cradle of milk and honey so there's intense amount of resources within the western and northern cape eastern cape with the likes of anglo american the beers etc exporting the diamonds gold minerals how do we those companies will not give it up without a fight they'll on the, the nail on the head there mm. and i would say to you um and george will can continue this mm. to answer that question i just want to make the statement yeah when sovereign state of good up good up comes into power mm. the first act will be to burn this damn constitution because it's not where the paper is written on mm. you must understand you must understand a constitution of a country should be written in stone inviolable if that was has been agreed you cannot come 3 or 5 years down the line and mm. amend the constitution yeah you know meaning that at any given time that you are not happy because a certain set of laws doesn't benefit you mean you can change the constitution yeah. so what we do is we're going to burn this constitution because the sovereign state of goodup already has a constitution mm. and from that constitution our justice system our penal system will be developed our social law structure will be developed mm. um and now i would give over to george to answer that you know in terms of how we're going to manage the the resources and the yeah. ownership of it okay what we need to look at once we over in power we need to um have a look at how that land was attained yeah now i can give you a, an example of my own family uh where my great grandfather owned the property on where the air kept on in the national airport is currently built mm. um that land was expropriated on the 22nd of june 1947 uh john smuts was a person doing the expropriation however he was under instruction from george the 6th from england mm. um at that time He signed over the diamond rights on the airport property uh, or where the airport is built now signed it on to himself in 1952 when queen elizabeth mm. bestowed the crown she signed over the rights on to her which is currently still on her name however when i went to go do did research mm. for our land claim yeah I, even up until today and i have documentation for mm. that I discovered that the land is still registered in my great grandfather's name. It's still never been changed. What they have done is they've broken it down into smaller portions yeah. and then sell that land off with a new de- uh, with a new title deed. Um so we need to look at all the p- properties mm. whether it's Stellenbosch, whether it's uh, Alexander Bay, whether it's Saldana, whether it's Kenard, uh, Kimberley, mm. that is what we need to look at. And then obviously we'll have to sit with those people. and um, we'll have to negotiate uh, compensation yeah. the people currently owning the property probably bought it the legal route mm. however if we go back into history we'll discover but even if we look at the township like bela i yeah. stay in bela um which was part of our property the area that i stay currently happens to be the the old family graveyard mm. and i've got proof of that as well 
So we need to look at all that. The people in Bel Hall, they bought their land per legal or the legal yeah. route. But how it was attained by government in the first place, that is what we need to look at. And that is where negotiations will come in. I just need to add to that. Um, Calvin Cornelius is in possession of a document um, that was issued to him by the High Court. I'm not sure if it's the High Court or the Constitutional Court of South Africa. Mm. That states him as the legal custodian. Mm. Legal custodian of all Khoisan lands. Now, if you go back into history, mm. um, as I referred earlier to allodial title, uh, title deeds yeah. and current, you know, uh, legitimate, uh, I would say it in inverted commas, mm. uh, Ill- legitimate title deeds. Um, there is no proof mm. that any foreign body acquired land within the southern region of South Africa legally. There is no proof. All we have is lip service. I mean, I had a discussion with a, a white lady the other day, and she's from the northern um, the Northern Transvaal, and said her family bought legally from a Khoi chief their property and their land. And I said, in what means of compensation? No, he received a wagon, a luxury wagon, mm. you know, a horse and trade, and a, yeah. a, like a horse-drawn carriage, yeah. you know, very customized and, and legal. That was part of the, the purchase price. Now, mm. come on. That, to me, is hogwash. Yeah. You know? But I, as I went into history, legitimately, there was never a legal way to acquire land. Land was illegally taken from the Khoi. Mm. And the seven Khoi wars yeah. proved that. It was recorded in Van Riebeek's diary mm. where he conquered or, or beaten a certain number of, of, of the, I think it was uh, the Kochokwa tribe mm. because they used Khoi uh, trackers to track them down. Yeah. And when they conquered these few, like, like 200, guy, uh, 200 warriors, mm. because uh, Namoa, who is called Doman, to the yeah, Dutch Doman. he was known as Doman, but his coin name is Namoa. Mm. When he was defeated, um, they said to him, from, from this day onward, you can no longer claim ownership to this land and you have lo- lost this, the rights to this land in, in perpetuity. Mm. Now, I mean, Doman wasn't a representation or a representative of the entire coin nation, yeah. you know. Van Riebeek, why he used Kratua mm. as a medium for negotiating. Be, remember the, the, the reason why Van Riebeek came was to establish a refreshment station for the, the Cape, the, BLC, uh, the, yeah. you know, the, the route around the Cape, yeah. uh, Cape Town, or the point of South Africa, the Cape Colony, is to provide fresh meat and vegetables for the passing ships. Water, yeah. So he used Kratua as a medium, as basically an ambassador mm. that can act as a negotiation between the Dutch and the Khoi. Yeah. Um, he said to her, you know, he have been instructed by the VOC to allocate more land mm. to the settlers so that they can grow crops. Our agriculture yeah. is descendant from the Dutch. You know, they are skilled in farming a large scale. Yeah. Our ancestors were more pastoral hunter-gatherers, yeah. you know, to them, their wealth was in the cattle yeah. uh, and in the community and in the land. Yeah. You know, they, ne- they didn't need to, to grow uh, uh, farms, farms uh, mm. you know, for, 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 for commercial use. Mm. Their skill was, that's why I said to our people in our meetings, I said, we possessed a unique skill even before blacks came here. Mm. 
we understood the value of trade. I mean, yeah. the whole global community thrives on that one principle of trade. trade. Mm. One country trades with another. The Koi was already doing that in the 16th century. So you cannot teach us about these things. Mm. So land was then systematically and exponentially then taken from the indigenous yeah. people. That sparked the Koi Wars. Mm. And it is history that is kept away from our children. You know, when, uh, when, us, when we went to school, what, what history did we receive? Van Riebeek. It's Van Riebeek. Mm. But 1652, only, yeah. Exactly, only a certain percentage, yeah. only a certain portion. We didn't get the history of the Koi. Mm. Our language has become mm. extinct. Yeah. Our culture has become extinct. George referred to the mm. four nations, you know, the Koi. They don't have a different culture than you and me. They simply prefer to refer themselves as Khoi because they can trace a direct uh, ancestor yeah. to a particular tribe. You and I don't have that resource, mm. you know? So within 16th generation of your bloodline, yeah. someone in your bloodline might have been Khoi. Mm. Because who was the first people that came here? It wasn't the Dutch, it wasn't the know. English, Portuguese. And the Khoi at mm. that time were already a mixed race. They were already mixed, so you don't have yeah. pure ethnic Khoi anymore. Yeah. We were already mixed. Because there's one tribe which is, un it is, it is a travesty that there's not, no, there's not more focus on this particular tribe. It's called the Orlamstram, mm. the Orlam tribe. The Afrikaans were, in the, in the old days, you know, our grandmas, our JVO Orlams, it comes from that. Yeah. It comes from the Orlam tribe. Now, the leader of the, of the Orlam tribe was Oda Ram Afrikaner. Mm. Afri he called himself Afrikaner because he identified himself as a true African. Mm. And subsequently, his sons identified you as Jan Jonker Afrikaner. Yeah. And all But they weren't pure Khoi. Mm. They were the first group of Khoi that was classified as mixed race. The colonials... Mm. The Dutch were settlers. The British were colonials. Yeah. The colonials referred to them, to them the Orlamstam, as coloreds, as coloreds, and the Dutch uh, uh, appropriated that term to apply to all koi. Mm. You know, so currently, uh, in the present time, you've got a small percentage. You know, they, they, I think they are 0.1 percent of the total colored population. Mm that identify themselves as Koi. But according to the uh, International Labour Organization Resolution 169 and the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, how they define a nation? It's a group of people that share a territory. Mm -hmm. That's the first requirement. Um, identical culture, second requirement, and a common tongue, mm -hmm. language. Yeah. The third requirement. Now, if the Koi said, I am Koi, and you and I say, but I am colored first indigenous mm. nation, you need to use those uh, measurements yeah. you know, in relation to each other. Common denominators. It's a common denominator. So does the Koi, mm. do they practice ancestral culture and tradition? Do they still uh, practice the, the, feast, the feasts that, were fo that formed part of their ancestors? Yeah. No. Do they speak a different communicable yeah. language than what you and I do? No, they don't. Mm. We speak the same language. They dress the same. They live in the same areas yeah. as we do. They practice the same cultures as we do. Mm. 
in in essence, they are as much colored as you and I. Yeah. It's simply because they identify, because that is what the law says. Once you can identify with, within 16th generation of mm. your bloodline, you can identify to a particular tribe, a Khoisan yeah. tribe, whether it be Korana, Nama, mm. Orlam, Khoranaikwa, Khoranaikona, uh, all those. Mm then you can claim identity to the Koi. Me and George, mm. from our paternal side, yeah. you know, we can claim identity to the Kokochua tribe. Yeah. But we do not claim identity as Koi. I don't say I'm Koi. Mm. I am first indigenous nation because yeah. I live as a colored. Yeah. And I live amongst coloreds. Mm. See? So to come back to the issue of land, there is no legal precedent yeah. that's recorded anywhere in the annals of history that land was purchased legally. Yeah. So all land, all land within the territory of the sovereign state of Budup, and I would venture and say as far as South Africa, has been systematically robbed and expropriated from the indigenous people. Yeah, by force. And, and yeah. I want to come back to a single point. The narrative of the current government that says, you know, Africa belongs to all Africans. Mm. Blacks, the current regime does not want their people to know their true history. Did you guys know that they descend from a common people? Nguni, isn't it? They're called Nguni mm. groups. They, yeah. uh, the Nguni groups is a group of blacks. You know, they, uh, they it's like the Sutu, Pedi, Venda, Zulu, Kosa, Swazi. Mm. They're the Nguni groups. But they have the origin, ancestral origin, to a particular uh, people. And they have the common language, which is called Isindabele. Mm. So they Hindibale. all come from Hindibe, from the Hindabele. Mm. And with the migration patterns, because they come from the Great Lakes districts of Central Africa yeah. in the, I think it was the 13th century, mm. they migrated and settled into the various is the, the largest group that settled in the current KwaZulu Natal with the Zulus. Yeah. So currently, the largest black population group in South Africa is the Zulus with a approximate total of, I think, 11, 11, between 11 and 13 million. Mm. Right? Second to them are the Kosas. The Kosas settled further south. Mm. So when the Kosas encountered the indigenous people, yeah. the leaders of the, the chiefs of the indigenous people um, assigned portions of land. Mm. That's where your current homeland comes from. Yeah. The Sutu, Swaziland, were all property of the Khoi. But in, to prevent um, cross-mixture between the two races, they were given land mm. so that they can practice their culture and traditions you know, apart from the Khoi. So they, never, they were never here before the white man. Mm. I mean, the first black in the, in, in the Western Cape is recorded in 1720, 1720, 1793. Mm. was the first black person in South Africa, right? So this narrative of Africa belongs to all Africans, then what does it make you? Does that make you and me? Aren't mm. we true Africans? Mm. We're not black. So we are in fact the original Africans mm. because we are descendant from the indigenous, the first indigenous people. So they cannot go to Libya or to mm. Egypt or to Zahir or to Ghana or to Malawi and DRC and claim property and land there and say because Africa belongs to all Africans mm. we can go and claim land there. I think in, in my research also um, 
while just checking out the links that Joseph sent us, um, mm. and then I went a bit further, just like check the history of Adam Cook. Um, yes, yes. Um, Jan Jonker Afrikaner, um, Hendrik Witboy, etc. Because I also grew up in Namibia, so I had direct contact with pastors, etc. Yeah. Tamaras. Yes. And there was one thing, sorry, yeah, one, one thing I had, eh, your donor. One thing I I encountered while while going to school in Arandas um, for two years and being in a predominantly mixed Ovambu, Tamara, colored few sp- spots of whites because my father worked in the mines. Eh? One thing they always used to say is, fuck off Kakamasto. There was already the inter... And even though Tamaras looked to me exactly like colors, yes. there was already interracial tensions. Yes. And they say, fuck off your Roynek. Hmm? Because like they they like likened us to having British descent etc or yep. British mixed blood, and I learned learned about the Tamara there also, and then coming to Cape Town meeting with people like Bradley Van Sitters, um, also because we come from in like in Cape Town from a hip hop um, background, mm. um, he's also MC, um, okay Bradlocks, also the praising and Ani. I think he was one of the first to go over to Namibia to learn the language. Um, for me, it's been It's been a journey of trying to discover where I am because also like when I grew up in Namibia, um, I basically my Pietma was namagewees van Steinkopaf. So my journey has been mixed because okay, my heart is flat because I don't identify, I don't look poor enough, so and I don't look white enough. It was like you're always in this quandary, and that is where I think the reason why our people as coloreds. I've never like stood together, always been whole bosses to the Afrikaner and mm. Eurokaner, is the fact that we've been stripped of our heritage, stripped of our history, stripped of our pride. That is why it's easier for the young man in our ghettos because of the socio-economic constructs to rather go for a life of crime because he can't succeed in the exactly. world that yeah, is exactly. basically stacked up against him. And I don't think anyway within this DA-led um, Western Cape that there will ever be a positive outlook for to say this is where the trajectory of the colored nation is going to change for the better. Where we're going to make sure we lost all our trades. Not under their regime, eh? Not, not under their regime. But no. we systematically, since 1994, lost all our major industries, which were the, the, the force that kept this community, the blue-collar mm. yeah. community, mm. putting bread on the table, having an honest living. In my days, my dad could buy, he bought how many cars? I can't afford a car mm. because that they keep moving the stepping stone yeah. higher and higher yes. and higher. So that ceiling is basically being kept. It's like you must just exist. And at that, you barely exist because now, like we said, people are become so desensitized to murders. Mm. They walk past dead bodies daily. That child amount of trauma we as a colored people experience is crazy. There is... For me, there's, there's n- we are basically living in like a fishbowl and they're just throwing shit in there all the time and saying, wait until these motherfuckers float because the gangs are being supplied yes. by the state. Yes. yes. The drugs, we cannot, we don't have a single meth lab. We don't have single chemists cooking up tuck, mm. coke. That stuff is all being brought in and is there to subjugate and to control our people. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. And I think also, this might be controversial in terms of saying the influx of Eastern Cape um, Africans 
We are all all Africans, but the influx of people from other communities is done systematically to create tension and to spark conflict. So while we're all squabbling about who's squatting here, who's squatting there, why can't the backyard here, the white man is currently just siphoning away all the millions, all the billions. Yes. The economy is going on at its ease and just let these miscreants fight amongst themselves. Let them kill each other, let them spew rhetoric and hate speech toward each other and let it just bubble and we'll just agitate here and there. So I think I want to be very cognizant of the third forces yeah. that will be behind <coughs> us, which is essentially the economic forces. Mm. Um, because American policy will dictate, no, they have certain interests in here and they have to protect the interests. And the moment you interfere with American interests, they, yeah. send, in, they send in the, the armed forces. Yes. Armed forces. So we need to be very cognizant of that um, going forward. Um, but yes, I do claim emphatically my first indigenous heritage it's because I know where my lineage comes from, where this part in Madagascar, England, ever. Africa, Cape Town is where I was born, in Fifth Avenue, Grass Park, in my grandmother's house. That is mine. Brilliant. So I want, first, like in terms of how we're going to educate and go forward and track or like put forward a, a plan of action for our youth, how they are going to become emancipated, mm. become educated, take ownership of what is theirs, because we've been so systematically tuned that we are worth nothing. We get, we hear we are dogs. Mm. We, we, hear, we must relocate to other parts of the country. Mm. We hear all these things, and it has a knock-on effect where your mother will tell you, never what for what will they die do? As if it's our fucking yes, right. Exactly. How many times I've felt out of place in my own oh, fucking city yes. where I feel I can't go there because not these what means it's a place that we want Yes. It's like, the fuck? Yeah. It's like, we need to recondition ourselves, uncondition ourselves. That's the word. That's I the word. Recondition. Am, I am colored. I'm a person of the soil. I mm. am a first indigenous, indigenous person. person. I have pride. You do not come to my country. You don't tell me what the fuck to do. You yes. can wave your money. Yeah. Fuck off soon too. What we need to create uh -huh. and, uh, amongst our people, yeah. and this is what I said from the word go, is the freedom of want. Yeah. You know, as your man in the middle of the week, let's say, well, for your power, for your lekkers, a lamb's boat maak, met die klomp groente daarbij, dan moet sy nie daar aan dink nie, maar wow, as ek nou die lamsboot gebruik, dan gaat daar nie wees vir sondag heen, die maand is nog ver en so on. That is something that we need to move away from. If she wants to make that lamb in the middle of the week, then so be it. And there will be enough for the rest of the month as well. Talking about our youngsters, what we, in our education department, we also want to start the cadets again. You know, where the kids are starting to, to for every country to mm. operate, they need to have a military. Yeah. We are busy looking into that. But if kids are starting now already, mm. in terms of doing the cadets, the marching and all that, yeah. they can have into schools with that. They can have with the church groups, with the youth groups. They can have that. By the time they're 18 and they go to the military, they already trained in that. Mm. Now, if we're looking at the concept of New Zealand rugby, New Zealand rugby is very successful for one simple fact mm. that they start implementing the same game plan from uh, the time that the kids start playing rugby at school yeah. level up into the national team. They simply change a few players. Mm. Some players are gifted. Yeah. But
But that will only come out once you have it from a, from an early level yeah. where you can identify those people going into the national team. What we're doing here is mm. create the cadets from here. When they go into the military, and this is where our young kids are going to be, and this is even currently our people on the Cape Flats. Mm. Come slot in the military. What we want to do is train you for your first two years, and then after that two years, you mm. will stay another three years in the military yeah. where we will teach you, uh, give you um, either a diploma or you will work for a... Um, Ambach, what is it? In, in, in trade. Yeah. A trade. trade. Yeah. Right. So by the time that you leave there, you can either, those with the, with the, with the diploma, they can either stay, um, mm. start working immediately, or they, their own family then pays for them to, to, to go and further their study career and get a degree. People with trade, mm. look, all over the show, you still need mechanics, you still need carpenters, you still need builders. Mm. Um, all those people... Those are the people that they will be able to study there and when they leave the mm. military, basically, is to apply their trade. Look, um, sorry to break your word to yes. interject sorry, there. Um, I just want to, mm. you said something? Okay, that's no, cool. Like we said, let it flow. Like in terms of trade, not everybody's geared towards trade. We do need, as a dying need, we need skilled engineers, civil engineers, um, plumbers, electricians, etc., but at the same time, also, there's your creative sphere with, with the, the spaces we work in. Um, so there's the arts, dance, mm. theatre, etc. And I think that's coloured people come and are some of the best entertainers in the world. We mm. are world-renowned entertainers. Yes. Mm. Looking at the likes of Belinda Davids, we we break stages. The thing is, we need to have a balance. And I think military conscription could be a bit of a problem if you can get like the likes of North, North Korea it's like there you must you must go do your two years or think it's South Korea also mm. we have to yeah. do your, your two years um, and I know you used to have it back in the day yeah. Yeah. where all the whiteys had to go and I could dates also when I was in Namibia when I was at um, involved was by so I think it, it's good to teach you discipline um, there are currently two groups um, in the Grassy Park community that's currently doing cadets um, and I think even in Hannibal Park we work the park feels um, banned this is also quite good. So the culture is there. Um, whether, oh yes, yeah, in terms of the military force, I think that will be as, as if you're going to be doing the, the sovereign state of good up, that will be a requirement that we are armed, um, that we are able to protect our, our rights and our resources. I'm just a bit not too comfortable with conscription. I think it should be voluntary and I think there will be sufficient volunteers. But I wouldn't want to make it. I would say that we should make the reopen the trade schools. Make that a, a must. So fifty percent might go to trade schools, fifty percent might or a percentage might want to go academic, intermediate, but I wouldn't want to hold back somebody for two years or five year period. But I would want them to be disciplined to know like I think there are some countries where we are we have the military skills so at any time you can take up arms and protect your country, protect your land. But I want there to be the freedom of choice to take, mm. um, follow whatever career path you want to. But I think it must be a must. There shouldn't be a question of, yeah. no. you must be working and there must be opportunities for you to, whether you want to do clothing design, textile, look, a large majority of Cape Town worked at Cape Nylon Spinners. Mm. 
Yes. Bring yes. back our thing. And also in terms and, of that, and of economics. House of Monetic. House of Monetic still there. But I think in terms of how we should um, structure things is that we must have embargoes as to what comes in. Mm. As far as possible, we should be producing 90% of what we consume. Exactly. So that the whole buy local thing Precisely. works here for that, us, by us. That is journey. the recipe for a successful and thriving economy. Yes. Exactly. You know, that is what is built on. But what's currently happening is mm. we are merely, all of us, we are merely surviving. We're yeah. not living. No, we're not. We are surviving. <laughs> there is, however, you don't have it on your phone, the 52-page booklet. Yes. Mm. Which actually explains to you in detail mm. the sovereign state of good hope. And I think one of the key uh, ideals is in terms of our children, the, the education system, yeah. to overhaul it, mm. to teach because, Nathan, you need to understand that we have never had our history being taught to us. Yeah. You know, so our children do not know our mm. history. We need to give that back to our children yeah. to, re, to ad- readdress the misinformation, misrepresentation, fabrication and lies mm. that has been passed down to us because I think in the video, the opening statement is, you know, history is determined by the victor, yeah. by the conqueror. Yeah. So, whites told us mm. our history. Now the blacks come, they don't even teach their history. Mm. They teach the democratic, the democratic of Nelson Mandela. I ask any black person, mm. because I've asked this question many times, and till, up till today I haven't received a satisfactory answer. What did Nelson Mandela do for this country? Mm. What did he do? And, you know, there's a lot of answers, um, but no one can say conclusively what benefits he brought mm. to South Africa. Remember, because if W. De Klerk is being shunned to the, into the shadows, mm. because, but he's the one that needed to take, make the decision and took the step to unban the ANC, to open up the country mm. for, 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 for uh, uh, democrat, democratic well, elections. He didn't really have a choice, really. Yeah. No, he didn't, mm. because there was a society behind this. Because mm. I have the video of the secret, dirt, South Africa's dirty little secrets, mm. where this this uh, government was already decided upon ages ago mm. and it was by a select group of people yeah. they were called the africana Brotherbond. Mm. they own all major corporations within south africa mm. you know Sir ramaphosa appears in there and a lot of these anc cadres a lot of these cadres you know they appear in there um where they were already um groomed to take leadership over from the whites. Mm. And it is for that reason that we, as the first indigenous nation, mm. were never considered for power sharing. Yeah. You know, who was the original freedom fighters here? Mm. You remember UDF, United yeah. Democratic Front? My, my uncle was it was spearheaded mm. by the colors who died for it, Ashley Creel, mm. and a number Anton of France, others. But, Colin, but these Robin. are historical mm. indigenous people yeah. that doesn't form part of history. You know, they don't get recognized. Yeah. Everybody knows about Chris Hani, Oliver Tambu, mm. Steve Biko. Yeah. You know, they are remembered and yeah. they are, you know, um, no, we glorified. Get, we, we get systematically swept under the carpet. It's like, with, with history comes the, the less you mention it, the people start forgetting because people exactly. go on with their lives. Exactly. But we are not celebrated. In our programs that we do toast in schools, we instill that pride back. We bring back the likes of Ochimoa, Roman yes. Kratoa, Ashley Creel, Anton Franz, we let the kids remember because it's through bringing that into practical lessons yes. in art yes. and in rhyme, etc. 
that they get to remember. That's why we also we use Africa Ups, the play. Yes, we yes. adapted it for use in schools and the kids perform that and they get a sense of pride. They get ownership of the language Afrikaans mm. because it's not a Boer language. No, no it's, it's not. not. It's As our say, language. It is. It's developed mm. by the mother. I won't say she's actually the maternal grandmother yeah, yeah. of the colored nation. Yes. But her daughter mm. is actually the maternal ancestor of the colored people. Because Peter Nella van Miro. In terms of the... Um, the research done into the Africa Ups play, the production, mm. the first written Afrikaans was found in a madrasa in Bukap. So phonetical Afrikaans written in Arabic, mm. but when you sp- when you speak it out, it's our language. Mitch. So there's no Bura version. No. There's no... Because look, the settlers were Netherlands. Yes, mm. they were Dutch. Dutch. And there were two languages, two forms, dialects of Dutch spoken. Yeah. It was High Dutch mm. and Low Dutch. High Dutch was spoken by the aristocracy. Yeah. The aristocracy of, yeah. of, 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 of Netherlands. Low Dutch was spoken by the commoners. commoners yeah. So these settlers, these farmers, they were commoners. Yeah. So those spoke lower form of Dutch. Mm. The letter, the will of our great-grandfather, yeah. where he bequeathed his property and, and all his, his, his assets to his, mm. his children, yeah. it was written in low Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. In low Dutch, you know? So, yeah... But okay. I think after this mm. interview, George need to send you the 52-page booklet yes, so if, that you can yeah. get... A, if George a, or Joseph can forward me the email, yeah. Uh, a, 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 a broader perspective of the Psalm mm. State of Good Hope and maybe in your um, interaction with the other with other organizations and schools, mm. you can perhaps draw facets from that into the education mm. because it is quite in-depth, it's quite thorough. Mm. And based on that 52-page booklet, you will see that this is no Mickey Mouse. It's not an organization. Mm. Sovereign State of Goodup is not an organization. It's not a political mm. party. It's, in fact, an independent country. Mm. Already registered. What we didn't mention to you guys and what you mm. don't know is that on the 18th of July, mm. 2018, mm. government was issued on parliament door. It was posted mm. on the parliament door. It was mm. handed in that parliament an eviction notice mm. where they were given five days mm. To evict, to vacate parliament mm-hmm. and relocate the government to Chwane. We lowered four South African flags mm. and raised the sovereign state of Goodhope flag. Mm. And, it fl- and it, you know, it would stay there for mm. four hours. Mm. And to this day, no one, no one has been arrested because technically, and according to international law, that was an act of high treason. Mm. Why didn't government act on it? It tells you something. These mm. small things, you know, th- th- my mom used to say the devil is in the details. Yeah. Look at the details. Why were no one ever prosecuted? Mm. Because they realized. Be- because the you fear have legal precedent. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. There, there's some uh, amongst us that fear, but won't we be declared as terrorists? Uh, you cannot no. be declared a terrorist in your own country. country yeah. The terrorists are now in government. Mkonto mm. Isizwe, APLA, TBVC, the ANC, In, in the apartheid era, they were declared terrorists. Yes. You know, because for a very specific reason, they were not indigenous mm. to, this la- to this country. Now we want the, as the, the first indigenous people, because, guys, what do you think happened to the old SACC soldier who were never uh, uh, integrated into the South African National Defense Force now? What happened to them? Afropensions, I can't forget. I'm one of them. I'm a clever pension now. Yeah, am I? I was discharged in 1989. I'm a soldier. Mm. Had my two years training. You can say, oh, yes, I'm a mm. soldier. Yeah. There are thousands of us. We mm. were 
approximately over 650,000 colored soldiers at the, in the South African Defense Force at the time. Mm. The whites, because as you said, they had mandatory training, yeah. compulsory for them. Yeah. So they were, they estimated 200 to 300,000. Mm. Who was the army? We were the army. What do you think happened to all those skills, mm. you know, and tactics that yeah. we've learned? Because these actually, the current government, mm. the ANC government, the they never practiced military discipline. They were guerrilla fighters. Yeah. They had a specific way of, 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 of battle, of mm. warfare, and we had a specific way. Yeah. You know? That's why we won every skirmish with Mkontewe yeah. because we had strategy. And those skills doesn't just go mm. away. No, it is there. Mm. And these people of ours are waiting, mm. are waiting on us. So it's not a political party. It's not an organization. It's a country. Yeah. And you guys need to wrap your heads around this mm. and spread this message. And I hope this is what this podcast will do, is to inform every colored person out there and tell him and her and them, you are not colored you are first indigenous. Jy is eerste in jimse mm. nasie. Jy is die rechtmatige eienaar van hierdie land. Mm. Die wat ook al, moet nie vir stier aan die wat ook al sê nie. Moet nie vir die aan die, vir die eien sê, sê glo wat vir jou sê, maar jy is een swart persoon nie. Een blinde mens kan sien, jy is nie swart nie. Het mm. is alles die narrative, because the whites did it. Now they mm. doing it. Still stripping us of our identity and mm. keeping us at bay. Yeah. Just like one thing, um, one thing I also picked up in, in, in the research. Sorry? Oh. One thing I also picked up in the research, like mm. in terms of just like, because the term, I, I saw the, the Kogata, whatever, the, the structure of the chiefs, etc. Because mm. I wanted to like check the validity of um, Mr. Cornelius being yeah. the king, etc. Yeah, he's a Kai Kwan, but that is the Koi name. For yeah. But now, the, the term Koi sign itself, is a derogatory name. It's also a yes. blank, blanket yes. statement. Yes. I know it was created in, in South West Africa, in Namibia, yes, by, by the Leonard German, Schultz. yeah, the Leonard German Schultz, anthropologist yeah. who cut up and yeah. sent up fucking skulls overseas. Yeah. Yes. They actually called mm. them, the original people called themselves Gamku, uh, Gam, mm. because X-A-M. Remember yeah. in the apartheid era, you were called Gam or whatnot. Yeah. Now the word whatnot is a derogatory term developed by the Dutch because mm. They refer to the indigenous as Hottentot. Yeah. Now, Hottentot is the Dutch word for stutterer. For iemand wat hakkel. So it sounded to the Dutch ear, it sounded like stuttering. So they refer to mm. themselves as Hottentot. Like, just, just like in terms of the Hottentot, like a lot of interesting facts come up. Like when you do a little bit of research and all this facts is on Wikipedia, mm. um, I know that they applied the local, um, lo- local koi koi to do the tribal dance. Mm. And in the tribal dance, one of the, the lullab or the, the litany that they sang um, sounded like the Hottentot. That's yeah. why they must use that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of things I think we can take away from this podcast. Um, a lot of research people, we would advise you to, don't just take our word for it. Yes. Open up your browser with using, what's a browser, new browser using? Brave. 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 not Brave is much better than Google Chrome, etc. So we'll, we'll advise you, use that, search the history, search the term koi koi, koi san. san. Um, and I think one also thing, like in terms of the name itself, mm. it refers to us as the red people. Not, not black, black. not no, African, no, no, no. Red. red. 
And basically, I can say, going forth, um, we would like to, I wouldn't say just promote this. We want everybody to make up their own mind, their own opinion. But it's time that you start moving away from the term colored and identify as a First Nation, a person of descent, of heritage, of ownership. And from that point forward, we can start changing our mindset. We can start working towards instilling that pride in ourselves, in our children, that we have a future and it's not going to be detected to by the likes of the ANC, the DA. We need to start taking back what is ours and by des- any means necessary. And decide for ourselves. Mm. And decide for ourselves. Self-determination. Nation. That's the most the main part. But from us, the Babbling is podcast, yeah, we'd like to... Thank you guys for... I get a lot of you. Thank you. I get a lot of conversation and joy. Die snelste ding vir my is, nou ek sit en ding, um, die idee van podcast het totally different geraak van wat yeah. het originally was, you know what nee, I'm saying? Yes. En, en, ek, en ek enjoy nogal die, because soos ek leer, weet ek, en anders gaan ook leer, uh, yeah. en benefit created man. So I, wanna, I really want to appreciate you guys for, for reaching out to, and requesting to be on the, on the podcast. Um, ek wil nogal, weer nogal een podcast het in die future, but ek wil meer... Um, Focus misschien op die spiritual side van van dingen. Okay. Yes. You know yes. Definitely. Because als als wat ons dan First Nation, dan is het bijna political and land uh, uh, mm. issue. But nee, maar ik nou dan te denken, ik zou lekker om te leren wat wat het onze voorfathers gebeliefd religiously, mm. Mm. Or yeah. spiritually not religiously, spiritually. Spiritually. Ik zou lekker om die avenue te te venture. In fact, yes. and I've got um, actually e-books. I've mm. downloaded a couple of books, you know, of researchers that you know that specifically focus on the indigenous people, the koi. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most accepted pieces of literature mm. in, in terms of anthropology of the South African landscape was done by uh, Harold Shapira, or mm. Isaac Shapira. He was born in the Makwaland in Garis. Mm. And his book, um, The Khoisan Peoples of Southern Africa, mm. is one of the most renowned and globally accepted pieces of literature, uh, anthropologically speaking. Um, because it, it, it addresses, you know, it takes its, by, um, a lot of its excerpts is from the diary of Jan van Riebeek. Yeah. And somebody who was appointed by the Dutch, uh, 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 because the Dutch government is called the, uh, the State General. Yeah. The VOC mm. is actually a group of the Resimentin, is what they were called. They were actually 17 ministers responsible mm. for each district. In, in the Netherlands, like Eindhoven, uh, uh, Rotterdam, and yeah. you know, all these places. And they were responsible for the industrial and economic development of that particular region. Mm-mm. So they were the, you know, the industrialists yeah. of ancient, uh, of the you know, medieval uh, Netherlands. So they appointed somebody to record the mm. culture and the, uh, and the setup, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and traditions of the indigenous people. And now what Isaac Shapira did is he takes off that guy's book and he takes off Jan van Riebeek mm. and based on his own and he combines the three. Yeah. But there are three or four other books that is very mm-hmm. you know, in-depth and it deals exclusively with the customs of the indigenous people. Yeah. And that I can, you know, we can maybe at the next uh, uh, occasion we can make that available to you. Yeah. But for now I think George yeah. should forward you that message or email you the... So... We also have uh, First Nation storybooks. Um, at Emil, that's retold by Emil Jansen, uh, the Bushman creation story. Lovely. Um, the yeah. story of Sto- water, the story of fire, mm. the and story wind. of wind. Uh, the Sarke Bartman, Princess, Bartman, 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 B
Yeah, hit us up um, at Yieldwood Project on Facebook. Yieldwood um, Project, is yeah. good. So the books are available, and that was that was also one of the things like how do we simplify these stories that it can be taught mm. um, to young children? Mm. And these books he created um, solely for his son and daughter, so they can have a sense of belonging, mm. sense of knowledge. Because he said um, he was sitting one night singing to his newly born son, Rockabye Baby, and he mm. thought this is actually a very evil song. A lot of these English rhymes and nursery yeah. rhymes. Mm. It's evil shit. Mm. And um, he, said, he thought, like, realistically, why don't we tell our own stories? Precisely. And he did precisely that. He's now precisely. put forward, I think, it's a total, I think we're on 20 books now. Yes. So 20 children's books. Beautiful. So this is ways where we can re- start redressing mm. and changing mm. the narrative mm. in our ECD centers, in our schools, start mm. speaking power to our story. Also, they can check out the video on Facebook about the story of 50 Yeah, like even that, it's like one thing, we, we did the celebration of the Battle of Salt River a couple of years ago at Princess Play. Mm. We were also part of the Princess Play Forum uh, in terms of opposing the building of the mall on our, one of our heritage sites as colored people. So I think a lot of people should start taking up more more interest in their communities, find your local heroes, support and remember those that died in the struggle um, for the emancipation of South Africa. But at the same time, we need to start taking it a step further and start emancipating ourselves mm. from this current corrupt regime. Mm. But yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, so that's us. Enjoy outro bit. We'll see everybody soon. Um, this should be uploaded soon, and hopefully by next month, we will be doing full live streams, unedited and raw. Right? Same from the babbling heads. Thanks. Peace out. Thank you, everybody.